It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And if IFL TV proudly sponsored by Everlast is 2023 with me, Boxer's very own Ben Chalon. Ben, firstly, Happy New Year, mate. How are we doing? Very well. Happy New Year. Good to be back. Had a couple of days off, but um, good to see you in Manchester as well. Yeah, no, appreciate it. I know we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks now. So, yeah, I was here, so managed to drag you out of your house uh, into an undisclosed location. How was your uh, New Year's Christmas with the family? Very good. Obviously, um, we're starting quick with shows in January. Usually, you you would get till Feb and have a bit more time off, but good to have a couple of days. It was an exhausting year. It was a crazy... Um, it was a crazy 12 months. I think a lot of the team were exhausted, had a bit of time off, but so excited now to be getting back into it. Happy to be in 2023 and, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Just before I touch on, obviously, what I want to just briefly go about 2022 and just a bit of a recap, you just mentioned there about, you know, you had a few days off and you're back at it. What was the kind of thinking behind going in January when normally, as you said, boxing normally doesn't start until Feb? I think, um, look, if I'm honest, we've tried to make this fight for December. Um, it didn't quite happen for whatever reason and uh, and we wanted to get it done as soon as possible. We have big fights coming thick and fast, really. It's going to be a crazy start to the year and uh, we needed to get this fight out of the way in in the best possible sense because we've, we've got other big nights that we need to put on and this was meant to be in December. It's in January and we thought we thought we can do it and uh, and it sold really really well the tickets went mostly before Christmas so it's fine and um, yeah it's good to be starting early obviously no no other shows on um, and it's a big fight so we, yeah we wanted to get going we, we started really strongly last year be nice to get off a, to a good start I think in an ideal world we'll, we'll, we'll keep January apart a few complaints from the from the staff but I'm looking forward to it We'll come back to Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith. Uh, last year, I think 16 shows, uh, one pay-per-view show in those 16, including obviously some boxer series tournaments as well. When you look back in your first full year uh, in this level of boxing, um, what are your memories? It was a blur. It was, it was relentless. Um, I think it was unbelievable, to be honest. We had a complete standing start. If I think back to where we were last year and what we knew... And the fact that we probably had about five or six boxers signed, 
crazy to, to, to do what we did and that's not just down to me, the support that I had from the part, my partners, obviously Sky, but the staff as well. Everyone was just like, you know what, this is our this is our time, this is our vision, that's, it's going to be a tough year because we're doing things, shows on three or four weeks notice sometimes and, and fighters coming in and everything just being a bit up and we had to build from scratch but to do that and put on the shows that we put on, um, that's that was that was special and uh, started in Cardiff with Eubank and that February with Carnbrook, Taylor Catrell just set us up and then the signing started to come and you started to see fighters really blossom as we've seen with, with some of the young ones as well so it was, it was a crazy year um, and yeah couldn't couldn't have predicted it but really excited for this year because part of the difficulty was trying to trying to put together the stable at the same time you talk about strong start to February last year. Did that show your intent on what you individualise yourself doing in the sport of boxing? You know, many promoters have been trying to put Carnbrook together for uh, eight, nine, ten years. You know, what was the key difference in in that for you? Why were you able to make that fight and not others? I think we knew that um, we had to prove ourselves quickly because fighters didn't know what to believe. Everything was changing. A lot of people were saying Sky Sports Boxing was dead who's this young guy, they don't know anything, they can't put on big shows, they can't put on pay-per-view, they're not going to be able to do arenas, will they be able to sell tickets, I mean everything, will they be able to get you world titles? So we had to prove ourselves really quickly, I think that was part of the reason and we worked relentlessly for six months, Calm Brooks, Shields Marshall, they were, they were fights that we knew that we could make and we were in reaching distance and they took a long time but yeah, they were, they were massive nights, the first undisputed fight with our partners, with, with who we partnered with on that night as well, top rank. So, yeah, I think we knew there were certain things we had to do early on, and that was really what allowed us to start signing fighters. Because before that February, you know, you have question marks, and it's a short career, and I don't blame boxers. They've got to make the right decisions. And so many careers you see that where one wrong decision, and it can affect your whole career. And we understood that. We started well. We wanted to prove ourselves, and I think we did. And and uh, the rest was was history in a way. It was it was um, relentless, but really obviously enjoyable. And uh, it's a dream. It's a dream. It's a dream job. Yes, it's uh, intense, but yeah, what we did and and what the team did uh, it was it was incredible. And I think maybe we won't get enough credit in the sense that we're being compared in our first year to to Queensbury shows. And yes, we have Sky. I appreciate that, but Hearn shows. They've had this established stable for many years, many, many years, and we're, we're having to compete on a whim. And that's what gives me a lot of confidence about this year because we now have starting to see some stability, some real foundation in our stable and, uh, and an ability to put on the big shows that we've proven, and that will continue, and that's what we want to do. We want to put on big nights, big nights for British boxing, the boxer series and investing in the grassroots. We still want to continue to do that and give fighters that otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity opportunities and uh, yeah um, yeah crazy yeah standout performances uh, from 2022 I hate doing this because you just you always will you always miss out people but I think obviously Tasha Jonas who was our first world champion but then to win three was ridiculous people like Riappor and Dan Aziz they're my sort of they're the ones that you, you really like because they were almost middle of the road, British level, bit below, 
needed their opportunity, needed consistency, needed activity. And now we've seen Richard knock out his last three opponents fighting next month against uh, next couple of weeks against Glowacki, which is another step up and and world titles. And Dan Aziz has just gone from strength to strength. Um, Adam Azim and Caroline Dubois breakthrough years for them. Fraser Clark. Ben Whitaker, obviously unbelievable debut and, 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 and has had an injury since then, but will be back next year. But Karis and Lauren, the signings, um, some yeah, some incredible performance. Savannah Marshall, who went from not even headlining to a superstar, really. I'm talking household name now in, in women's boxing. She wasn't that, and people forget she really wasn't. She was she was middle of the card. She headlined in Newcastle now twice. Sells huge amount of tickets become a local hero got the the biggest fight in terms of performance of women boxing history so many and yeah i don't want to go i'm definitely missing so many um but yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a great year who do you hope that would be able to fight for world titles this year this year i think um there's a lot of talk about adam and caroline and how quickly they're moving i think um in terms of world titles there's a lot of fighters in and amongst it already. Savannah, Tasha, Richard, Chris Billingsmith, uh, Lawrence Ocoli, who will fight in March for us um, in a defense of a world title. And there's, there's, there's a lot now that, um, that are circling. And there's not many British world champions at the moment. So that'll be the goal next year is to, is to really see, see a lot of them kick on. I know you don't like these questions, but who is your fighter of 2022? It has to be Tasha Jonas. There's no other way. Just just from where she was, I think she was gonna. She was looking at retiring without having been world champion. So I don't think necessarily she gets the credit um, she deserves in terms of what she did and what she had to do. So I think it has to has to be Tasha. Although there are so many. You mentioned there Lawrence uh, Akoli. He'll be out sometime in March. Um, Eddie Hearn did an interview with the Zone Boxing Channel a couple of days ago and, and he talked about how there were still le- legal issues going on in the background. Just want to ask, obviously, I know we spoke about it at the Bournemouth show, but are you involved in those legal disputes? Because there was claims, obviously, you made an illegal approach initially, which then you received a letter, you backed off. But now that you've officially announced that Lawrence is with you, um, does this whole dispute include yourself? I think um, we've already explained our position. Um, look, I'm just looking forward to his next fight, but ultimately whether we've been warranted and I've said we've been warranted he's completely out of contract he's not breached any contractual obligation at all and unless they come to an understanding that it has or he hasn't that's the that's the first that's the point of call that's what they need to to come to together on I think as I said we've explained our position we we've done everything that we feel that we could have done and waited as long as we could have done um, but ultimately, Lawrence has warranted, believes 100%. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have settled by now that he has not broken any contract or any contractual obligation. And uh, we have to take his word, his lawyer's word, in writing, legally indemnified, to the point where, you know, that's, that I, it doesn't seem like he's broken any contract. So, those claims made by Eddie Hen, are they more against Lawrence and not yourself? Look, I'm sure they are against us. But ultimately, that's where it that's where it starts. And uh, I'm I, to be honest, I think it seems Lawrence and Eddie have been speaking, and uh, I think it should it should sort itself out. 
Last year you had a great year with, with signing fighters, um, obviously Lawrence this year, uh, but you can't win them all. Um, Dalton Smith is one. I know you were definitely after. Yeah. Uh, what went wrong there? I think, look, I believe that he did want to sign and he, and he did make that clear, but ultimately I don't want to... We want the best for Dalton Smith. I think his management felt like there was some sort of matching right over a certain number of fights. We needed a long-term deal we wouldn't do three fights and uh, in the end there was relationships there and fair play what an amazing position for Dalton to be in I want him to do well I'm not going to say or even whatever I think whether he wanted to sign for us or not he's in it he's got a good deal a very good deal and uh, I want the best for him and 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 that's it and uh, yeah do you think you'll uh, come back for him uh, after three fights? Look, I don't. Things change so quickly in boxing. You, you just don't know. Um, you really don't know. I think we've got a couple of other signings that w we want to make in the next few weeks, and uh, yeah, wish Dalton the best. But boxing moves very, very quickly, and um, it's a short-term deal. And I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it goes well. One of the biggest stories coming out of 2022 was obviously this whole Conor Ben saga, uh, two failed drug tests. Um, still not resolved, still no outcome. I know Conor's been vocal about it on Twitter, has put some tweets out to, to VADA and WBC to, to hurry up and come to a, a conclusion so he can continue with his career. But how damaging was that for boxing, the whole scenario? Look, I, I, I think there was... Taylor Capsule felt a bit the same as well. The amount of heat that boxing was getting after that, I think it was just another one of those moments that you wish didn't happen. And just the way it happened, um, I think it was the it was the staying of 2022. But there were some great moments as well. And hopefully we move beyond that now, like we've been talking about it for so long. Hopefully it's dealt with strictly so that people can understand, see that boxing takes itself very seriously. I think there's no other sport that needs to be protected as much as boxing because you've got guys actually getting in the ring and risking their lives anyway. And uh, I, I, I hope and believe it will be dealt with properly um, and we move on because we've been talking about it so long now. And uh, Eubanks moved on. I think everyone else should. And let's move on. Eubank Jr. Liam Smith, two weeks away now. Um, a huge fight in, here in Manchester. A huge fight for Sky and Boxer yourself. Um, first talk, pay-per-view. Um, why did it have to be pay-per-view? Well, it's, it's a huge fight for, for Eubank Jr. I think um, it's a, Eubank Jr. for me outside the top heavyweight out of the heavyweights. He's, he's the biggest name in British boxing. And when he's taking a risk like this and Liam Smith's possibly would be his biggest win on his record despite becoming world champion it's a domestic 50-50 it's a huge fight and ultimately what these guys get paid for that sort of fight there's no way otherwise it doesn't happen and so sometimes you're left in a choice where we we are with Sky where do we want to put on the big fights or do we not want to put on the big fights and for us we, we, we want to put on those big nights and we've looked at the things up last year and people looking at pay-per-views and saying undercards and this and that first of all for me if it's a 50-50 fight and I'm invested in both guys, I, I don't mind it. And then as an undercard, it needs to be top quality. And I think we, we've looked at that last year and I think the undercard's one of the best that we've seen in a while on a pay-per-view. I really believe that. I think just React Pokluwaki is a monster. I've, 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 we've been looking at that fight for a long time for Richard um, and he would have headlined his own show with that. We've got Jack Massey 
obviously a hometown hero with Joseph Parker, Congo Esserman, with this, which is a monster fight, Fraser Clark, who fight, who fight Kevin, who will fight Kevin Espindola, um, and so it's just a huge card. It's a huge night. It's sold. I think there's literally about 800 tickets left for a Manchester fight for for Smith and Eubank in January. It's sold ridiculously well around the world in terms of internationally. So um, yeah, it's a it's a monster. And ultimately, as I say, w- there's no other way boxer can put on the big fights, the big big fights, without without it being pay per view because we just can't pay the fighters. Um, Chisora Fury was I think 2695. It was quite high. So what price point are you going in at? Just the normal twenty pounds, nineteen ninety-five. And uh, look, we we tried last year to do so many fights that weren't on pay-per-view. Um, Shields Marshall, Taylor Cattrall, Eubank, big fight nights that maybe you wouldn't have seen otherwise. I'm not saying they are pay-per-view. I'm saying we did fifteen or sixteen shows and we did one pay-per-view. Um, and so we always will try. We are boxing fans as well. If there's a way for us to do it not on pay-per-view, we would. We really would. This is uh, this is about can we make the fights and I believe this is worth buying because it's an absolute monster and uh, and um, yeah I can't wait it's, it's, another, it's another huge night you mentioned that there was worldwide interest in this fight um, just elaborate a little bit more on that and, and why there was so much interest look I think there's a, the, the undercard's big Eubank Smith's a huge fight um, we'll be selling to zone. In, in, in a few territories, we've sold it in over 80 territories, this fight. Um, first time working with zone, so looking forward to that. Obviously, they'll take it in the US and Japan, Germany, a couple of other territories. But, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's one that we, we've seen from the tickets now. We know from the rivalry. We've seen, and the gloves are off, they're having to edit things out. It was that, it was that, it was that bad. And, uh, yeah, as a boxing fan, this is the fights I want to see, like... We we are boxing fans. We know what fights interest us. Eubank Liam Smith is is one that we wanted to make. That's why we signed Liam Smith. It's a fight that we want to see. It's a fight that Liam Smith believes is ready made for him, and that his IQ is just going to win this fight. And Eubank Jr. seems in a in a position with Roy Jones where he's sort of learning a little a new style on the job. I think it's going to be such an interesting fight. And um, yeah, one one uh, I think all boxing fans are looking forward to. You mentioned that you just sold um, certain territories to the uh, zone. Um, how many countries, and how did that deal come about? And obviously, we know the affiliation with Matchroom uh, and Eddie Hearn. Yeah, no, I, look, the zone just s- supply boxing to their to their subscribers. I think we've seen that with uh, the Wasserman and Misfits thing. But for us, it's a massive fight globally, and uh, they wanted that for their US subscribers for the other territories, and um, and. And it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a big deal in terms of it's a it's a big fight, and um, yeah, delighted to to get that over the line as well. Is is that almost a bit of a blow to to Eddie Hearn and Matchroom? Obviously, I know they haven't got any shows on in January, but and they haven't really announced their schedule yet, which I'm sure will come out in the next week or so. But is that a bit of a blow to to Eddie that you've managed to get a show on on his platform? I wouldn't look. <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with Matchroom or Eddie or anything. It's Devzone are a broadcaster in multiple territories. They've got Golden Boy stuff, Wasserman stuff, um, plenty of other stuff. And I think when there's a big fight and they think it's relevant to their markets, then they're going to be interested, as it, as were a lot of broadcasters, ESPN, Zone, And in the end, we, we decided this this was a good fight. It's best placed on Zone, And... Um, 
yeah, looking forward to it. So if, if things make sense like this, like I know you, you worked with Frank one when, when you put Joseph Parker on his platform uh, and now with DAZN now. So if, if things make sense, you're happy to work with everybody. The thing is, you know, for us to put on, because we're coming into the market and we saw it, we have to be able to work with all promoters, all broadcasters. Like even the night itself, Echo Esserman against Chris Congo, a lot of people believe that's the best fight of the night. If we didn't have that relationship with Queensbury, it would be impossible to us, for us to put on a fight like that. Um, we did that. That's why Joseph Parker went and probably gave them their fight of the year last year against Joe Joyce when not a lot of fighters wanted to go and fight Joe Joyce. And uh, whether it's DAZN, whether it's broadcasters, whether it's promoters, we want to try and, this year, want to try and put on the best possible fights we can. And uh, we did it with Top Round, we've done it with Queensbury. DAZN now helping. And for the big, big fights, you need everyone because you need the, the revenue, you need the different broadcasters, you need the different fighters to put on a card from top to bottom. And um, that's all that is. And uh, I don't think it, it's anything to do with Matchroom or says anything about Matchroom. This is, this is in the US. No way, not the UK. Coming back to Eubank Jr. and, and Liam Smith, you have confirmed that there is a rematch clause. If Eubank Jr. was to lose, then he can obviously have a, have a rematch. And a, a rematch has been scheduled, what, Anfield? Is that right? Is the rumours right? Is the talk right in the town? Look, if Liam Smith wins, he'll get his rematch at Anfield, which is part of what he's fighting for. He could have taken the fight in December. Joe McNally and, and, and him, were, they're in this to win. They're in this to win. They believe that this is, this is the fight for them. And... Uh, that's the that's the date that they're looking at. They're already thinking about a rematch at Anfield if they can get through this one, and uh, that would be special. But it's, he's got to, he's got to come through, and it's a big big ask. And I'm sure Eubank Junior is not taking this lightly. He's been out the ring since Liam Williams. Liam Smith's been more active last year, and um, let's see. One of the tough challenges I'm sure you face is when you have so many fighters in one weight category is trying to please them all. You've got Lawrence Okoli, Chris Billum Smith, who's going to be knocking your door for a world title at his beloved football stadium, Richard Yapo on verge of world title honours. How's this mix turning up and, and how do you visualise the cruiserweight division over 2023? It's, it, cruiserweight is, is where it's at right now. And the, re, the the perfect thing is we can make the fight so easily. Like Everyone talks about the Riyapo Okoli fight. It's a huge fight. Billim Smith wants to fight for a world title, wants to fight in Bournemouth. Lawrence wants to unify. Richard wants to fight for world on it. It's, it's, it's a massive, massive division. Um, I think as well, you've got Vidal Riley coming through, who to a lot of people is the most technically gifted out of all the cruiserweights in this country and a huge, huge following. Mikhail Wow will fight Isaac Chamberlain next. He won this British last year. So that division is, 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 is obviously one that we focused on. And I think you're going to see uh, some big, big nights next year, whether it's unifications, whether it's uh, domestic fights, whether it's guys fighting for the world title for the first time. It's actually easier when you've got more fighters in the division because it means there's easy opportunities for everyone. And um, yeah, next year could be the year of the cruiserweights. Natasha Jonas, uh, again, a lot of talk about Terry Harper and, and, and a unification fight with her. Joe Gallagher has been very, very open about not interested in that particular fight. So what is the path for her considering now she's, like you've said to me and clarified that you said she's probably got two or three fights left in her. Look, she's got the big fights and she doesn't need to rush. Everyone wants to fight her, whether it's Terry, whether it's looking at the Mayer fight. She, she's shown that she can fight in different divisions. We, we know the names that she's otherwise looked at. We know the Shields fights there if, if she wants it or Shields wants it. We'll see. 
I think the Harper fight to me is still interesting, but we have to understand where that's come from. I've spoken to that on before, and uh, and they feel that they're beyond that now, and they want the bigger names. And um, you, I can't blame them. They've done. They've worked so hard to get to this position, and now they want the very, very biggest fight for Natasha. And um, yeah, another. It's crazy because I thought perhaps we'd have two or three when we were sat here last year. And now there's two or three more potentially, and that's what shows when you when you're in form and you're happy and you're enjoying it, which Tasha is. She wants to fight and fight and fight, and uh, another big year ahead. So we go uh, 21st January, Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, and, and Liam Smith in Manchester. How's the rest of the schedule looking over the next couple of months? It's going to be busy. We've been trying to announce the February 11th card in London for a while. Um, announced this week, Adam Azim back. And ready for a huge 23. Caroline de Warbach, some very good fights. Vidal Riley in a good fight. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good night that in London. And then and then we're into March. Taylor Cattrall, we're trying to get something in at the end of February. Definitely another show. I think we're looking at March 18th, uh, March 17th, 18th that weekend and um, for another big night. But it's going to be a huge start to the year. And that's exactly what we did last year. And this this time we've got we've got more stories, more fighters. Um, and yeah, we should have some announcements in the next week or two. We know Matcham and, and Frank Warren are also looking at dates. So, are you looking at their schedule and trying not to clash? Because it's unfortunately inevitable with so many promoters and, and outlets that there are going to be clashes. Yeah, definitely on the big nights you look trying not to clash. But ultimately, there's only so many venues. There's only times that you can line up with your fighters' camps and what you need to achieve for their careers. So you try. But yeah, we're very focused on what we're going to do this year. And hopefully what boxing is going to do, I think it can be a, another great year. Again, I'm optimistic. And, um, yeah, I don't think it needs to be us and them. We've seen that with with Frank. You know, we, Echo, Esselman and Congo, I mentioned again, on Jan 21st, there's going to be opportunities like that. And, yeah, on the big nights, you don't want to clash. Um, something that Frank Smith said to me regarding Sky last year was that you were under pressure to deliver pay-per-view uh, fight nights. Now, last year you did one. This year you start off with one. What is your plan for 2020 and how many pay-per-views do you think you'll do this year? I think it's the opposite. I think we're encouraged not to do pay-per-views if we can. We all know what the budget is with Sky, but the the idea is to do pay-per-view only when you really, really have to. But it goes back to the point, do you want to have the big fights or do you not want to have the big fights? And yeah, we will, as last year, try and put as much off pay-per-view as we possibly can. If, If it's in any way possible we will why would we not why would we not yes people talk about oh, it must be a money thing it must be yeah it's a money thing for the fighters to be able to put the fight on and um, we're we're under pressure to try and limit pay-per-views whilst trying to put on the big nights and uh, and that's what we're trying to do just finally Ben obviously being your first full year complete in boxing over the years, we've seen Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn go out here and Eddie and Bob Arum or Eddie and Leonard Ellaby. You've been involved with a, with a few back and forth with Eddie Hearn as well and Frank Smith. So have you found that promoter rivalry as well as trying to crack on and be successful in, in what you do? Look, people find it boring, but we're trying to stay out of it because we know what's best for our business and best for boxing. And we, I, I mentioned, like, if we've fallen out with DAZN, can we do the deal that we wanted to do with DAZN for the Eubank Smith in their territories? We've fallen out with Frank. Could we have Esselman on the card, which we think is a perfect fight for it? Could we have 
looking forward to this year we're going to need partnerships could we put on Taylor Cattrall without having a good relationship and do the rematch when Taylor had so many other options Lopez much more, for much more money unless there's a relationship there I'm not saying it's easy I'm not saying it's, it's hard but I think if we can and that's why yes it's boring yes it doesn't do the numbers and the clips and the this and the that but if we can avoid it then we will because for our for our clients as well which are our boxes we want to provide them with the best opportunities and we're not disillusioned to say that boxing just revolves around us we have to be able to provide those opportunities it's never ever going to be easy and we'll try and dodge bullets again this year but um, yeah it's, it's just about doing what's best Okay, Ben, appreciate you jumping out and giving me a few minutes uh, of, your, of, of your time. Anything else you'd like to add before we uh, conclude? No, just uh, thank you. Looking forward to this year. Thank you to everyone that has supported us and, 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 and wants us to, to develop. And, and to be honest, we feel responsibility now, British Boxing, on Sky, to make sure it's as good as possible. We do look at everything. We do look at feedback. We do look at what we can do better. And I think this year is going to be a, a, a very, very big year and hopefully a healthy year for the whole of the sport. Ben Shalom, IFL TV, thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.